0: Hello and welcome to episode forty-six of Podcast Demastered. I'm your host Ethan Meyer, and I'm joined as always by my two very good friends Chelsea and Wade. And on uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking uh, adaptations, book to like book to film adaptations. Uh, we're kind of opening up. We're going to talk about graphic novels, um, maybe comic books. I don't know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but essentially just anything that's. Uh, you know, that started out in like written form, and was adapted to to the big screen. So,
1: I almost feel like this this episode's been a long time coming, don't you all? Yeah, yeah it's I agree. yeah,
0: <laughs> it's definitely a uh, it's definitely one that's fun to talk about because there are so many adaptations out there, from very mm-hmm. popular like blockbuster series to even just like indie darlings. So. And there's a lot of stuff that people don't even realize that's been adapted. Like, they didn't know that this movie that they like actually had a book, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's there's probably a lot of people out there that their favorite movie they have no idea that there was actually like a novelization of it. So and not like you know there's there's this yeah there's 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 this uh, scenario, but in reverse where like movies get. (laughs) get novelized if that's a word (laughs) after the fact uh most star wars stuff is like that um we're not talking that we're talking the uh the og translation so um so before we get into some of our like uh you know ones that we like and ones we don't like i say we kind of just go around and talk about what each of us sort of looks for in an adaptation like if we know Films coming out that's based on a book, you know, especially if it's a book that we like or we've read. What are our expectations for that film? Um, what makes it a good adaptation? What makes it a bad adaptation? Uh, is there any gray area? So, a lot of a lot of things to discuss. Um, I'll kind of open it up um, here with Wade. What do you uh, what do you look for in a uh, in an adaptation?
1: Uh man it it kind of just depends on what it is like cuz a lot of the stuff that i prefer is more like fantasy um like sci-fi kind of unrealistic things um yeah. in which case they tend to be like series like book series and stuff like that um and for me it's it's more just kind of depends on whether or not like the movie or show or whatever it might be has like a on whether or not it <laughs> It showcases like the heart of the series like i don't need things to be the exact same as in the book as long as it seems realistic for the characters and it's not like obviously problematic for what i know is to come later down the line right
0: um when you say uh, realistic for the characters does it ever bother you um when the when you when it finally gets to like the film version and the characters are just not what you thought they should look like or even described (laughs) as in the book like let's say a character is described in the book with glasses and like short black hair and then the film version he has like long blonde hair (laughs) you know what I mean like does that stuff bother you even if they Uh... act the exact same way and have the same uh, turmoil and story arc but they just look totally different does that does that uh, set you off?
1: It just kind of depends on what the difference is. Um, I'm pretty flexible with, like, the physical representation of the characters. Like, if it's just little things here and there, um, yeah. it's like, yeah, but they're still the character. Um, as long as they're still behaving like the character. Right. Um, I can, nothing really springs to mind as a good example of things that I didn't mind versus things that I was like, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, do you have an Do you have an example of a uh, an adaptation that was pretty fast and loose with the uh, source material, but still was uh, good for for like your
1: enjoyment? Um, if it counts, Scott Pilgrim.
0: I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a, a graphic it's a, novel, but you know, yeah, it's an adaptation. Uh huh. It, has, I mean, it like, has source material, so
1: right. Uh, like most of the characters are pretty much the same. Uh, Scott Pilgrim and the the book is a little different because in the movie, he's just Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, here, you're going to play yourself with like a few little tweaks. Um, but he's there. They still did a good job of, of keeping like the premise of why, why are these things a problem? Um, yeah. They kept them all the same. So it was fine.
0: I think speaking of Scott Pilgrim, I think uh, one of the things that I liked about that as an adaptation is I think what they were able to achieve with like the visual flair was sort of like a nice homage to the fact that it was a graphic novel. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, they brought fil- that stuff
1: that- over splendidly.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I think that kind of helped to give it to give it that uh to give the source material some credit. You know, because if it was just like a, a standard film and it didn't have all those flourishes, I think it would have been not as enjoyable and not as oh, true to yeah. The like if it was
1: just the story being told without all the yeah. cool like references yeah. and callbacks and things. Oh god that movie would have been awful. Yeah. It just would have been very <laughs> it would have been
0: like very mundane and very just like yeah. oh, wow this is just yeah cashing in on an IP without actually understanding or respecting it.
2: Mm. <laughs> hmm
0: Chelsea, what about you?
2: Oh <sighs> yeah this is This is such a difficult question because I feel like my answer like contradicts itself because I think honestly like book to film adaptations are such a difficult thing to do well to accomplish just because I think everybody has their own idea of what they expect like especially those who are big fans of any types of like you know just standalone books or even series everybody has their idea of how things should be and and you know in my ideal world yes I would totally like a one-to-one representation i just want that book because i like the book for a particular reason so therefore like i just want to see that entire world all those characters just come to life completely as, as on screen but you know that's you know that's never really happens and it's unrealistic expectations so you know i just i hope that it can get as close as possible with you know it's okay to remove those details because you know there's some details where that kind of it can kind of uh, bog down a movie and that makes sense you know we don't need all those minute details so i'm cool with that but the thing that bothers me the most though is when they completely change things for no apparent reason or add scenes because they think it adds to the movie and i'm like you just made the length longer and it was completely irrelevant to add this awkward scene like why why is this here so Do do you have
0: any examples
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Harry Potter dancing scene. <laughs> oh,
1: the, uh, I like the Harry Potter dancing scene.
0: When you first said that, I immediately thought the Yule Ball, and I was like, "Wait, wasn't that in the book?" But you're talking, <laughs> you're talking Deathly Hallows Part One with uh, yeah, Harry. That and whole Bonnie
2: movie is that whole movie is not necessary. Sometimes I
1: it's thought just, it was a very fun. sweet scene, and helped show like that Harry understood what Hermione was going through and just really wanted her to to try to be happier, but she just... And she let herself be for a second, but she just couldn't... It was too much for her.
0: I think that scene's also kind of a good example of the problem with book-to-film adaptations, because in a book, a lot of your context is coming through characters' thought or just narrator describing uh, what's happening and the emotional resonance, where the film if it's not visualized in a certain way or the characters aren't doing something in a certain way, it's hard for the audience to understand uh, what's actually happening unless, you know, more for people who haven't read the book. You know what I'm saying? Because people read the book and then watch the film. It's kind of just like a companion piece, you know, because you already know all the world building and the lore and all the stuff Mm -hmm. in between the lines. For people coming in who do not read and just wanting to watch that film they may not understand a lot of the nuances that are going on unless they are shown visually now that's not defending that scene or whatever i'm just saying like that's kind of a a a a core example of why adaptations are so hard because the film crew the the director and you know all that stuff they have to figure out a way to visualize a lot of the subtext that you get in a book that you know that it's, yeah you
2: know more it prevalent. definitely is a challenge but yeah no but yeah i'm like no I, I will still stand my ground on that scene because there's just other scenes if you want to talk about the harry potter series later on where they just the main trio just looks at each other awkwardly and laughs like that's how is that characterization how does that add anything why do we need this awkward 30 plus second scene maybe minute long scene of them just laughing unnecessarily there i said it there (laughs) i i
1: usually for that conversation i usually look at the uh the scene in the half-blood prince where they're like home for christmas and then the death eaters attack the burrow um (laughs) Mm -hmm. i like I, i hold that scene in my head all the time i'm like how flexible are you with book to film adaptations i'm like okay tell me i'll ask somebody how did you feel about that scene um and a lot of times i get like it was completely unnecessary it didn't happen in the book they didn't have to do that it makes no sense and i'm like okay (laughs) like i get you (laughs) it like i use that scene i'm like all i need to know is hear your opinion on that scene to kind of like know where where you sit yeah i feel like whole conversation
0: it's also i i feel like no one has a uh a, like a Rosetta Stone for grading film adaptations, I think it's very much a, a sliding. <laughs> right. I think it's very much a sliding it's scale. So true.
2: It's <laughs> just like it's just everybody's opinion.
0: Well, it's all it's that, and it's also like how much you have in stake with a certain uh, IP. You know, something like a, a mm-hmm. Harry Potter for for you, Chelsea. You know, it's like one of your favorite fictional universes. So you're you're already going hi- to hold it to a higher standard, right? as opposed to something that either you've never read or don't really care about it, in those regards, you're just like, well, was it a good movie? You know, I don't, I don't really care about the adaptation because I just wanted a good film. I've never maybe, maybe I've never even read the book, but when you're adapting Harry Potter, by God, you better do it the way I want it <laughs> because I've read this book 37 times and I have, you know, certain criteria that you have to meet, you know? So I, I think there's a sliding scale for everyone on what they choose to, like, nitpick and what they choose to kind of just, like, brush off. Um, And that's kind of what makes book-to-film adaptations, like, an interesting topic because there is no, like, wrong or right answer. It's very subjective. Um, Like, what did, like, what was done well, what was done poorly, and it's more just kind of, like, the eye of the beholder, like, all art, (laughs) right? Um, Like, for me... I don't I don't like you, like you guys said I don't look for a one to one adaptation cuz I just don't think it's uh not necessarily possible but I just don't think it's very fair to the the film to have to set itself in such um strict barriers um like it's for them like they're also creatives so they like to try and figure out a way to a, yes, we're gonna adapt this material to the best of our ability to make it you know a good adaptation, but we also want to have a creative outlet of our own, you know, so we have to figure out ways to for us to enjoy the process um and I think a I think a good example of that most people <laughs> this is also from Harry Potter, most people don't like it um, is how Voldemort died in the films. <laughs> It was this big cinematic, you know showpiece of him disintegrating into whatever and floating away. and you know it was this big, big, big visual set piece, you know, because they kind of did the same thing for all the other horror cruxes. There were these like huge uh, special, like visual effects moments when these horror cruxes got destroyed. So this is like the end of the, uh, the end of this huge series. Let's we gotta make it go out with a bang. You know, or the book, it's just like voldemort just—he's just a dude, just dies. You know, body hits the ground,
1: it's over. Yep. Now,
0: now there's a lot of debate on the, you know, the the symbolism of that, where it's just like you know we wanted to show show, like in the book, that Voldemort's just a dude. You know, he's not some god, he's not some like super villain. He's just like croaks, right? But the film, they're like, we want to just. We want to send this off on like a high note. We got to cap this series off with some big cinematic set piece. So let's, you know, crank it up to 11. Now, who's to say who's, you know, if it's right or wrong or whatever. Most people, <laughs> from what I've seen, most people don't like it. But, you know, I don't mind it. It's like they're trying to find a way to, you know, to to do their thing on the on the film side to make it. Seem a little bit of their own, you know. They got to put a little bit of their own artist stamp on it as well, because otherwise, like, what's the point of even adapting this stuff? You know, from a creative standpoint, if you can't have a little bit of creative freedom with it, I guess. Um, my big thing with uh, book to film adaptations is keeping keeping the overall story arc the same the like the major themes the same like all the all the top of the funnel stuff I think needs to be the same and then all the minutia of how I guess isn't as important to me a good example is Lord of the Rings um it, in terms of one-to-one adaptations like Lord of the Rings is not a good <laughs> adaptation because so much is different Where characters are, where they go, who they meet. Uh, Some characters aren't even in it. Some characters are talking to people that they don't actually talk to in the books. You know, yada, yada, yada. The film still... Or the film series still manages to hit all those, like, story beats that actually matter. And kind of just, like, do away with all the world-building lore kind of fluff that doesn't. And and, and at the end of the day, it, it still... Captures and, and tells and shows everything that I think it needed to to be a successful adaptation, and for me that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, especially with a uh, with a series like Lord of the Rings, like there's so much, <laughs> there's so much nonsense fluff in that book that people already complain those films are too long. But could you imagine another like six hours tacked on so they can run around with Tom Bombadil in the woods and listen to thirty <laughs> songs and. <laughs> I've been you know thinking I mean?
1: about Tom Bombadil this whole time. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and uh,
0: Lady Grey and, you know, all this other shit. Like, films are films are consumed differently than books. Um, books aren't usually taken all at once. You know, n- most people don't sit down and just read a whole book in one go. Now, I know people do. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying for the most part that's not really how people consume books but when you watch a movie you're going to the theater and you're watching this thing and and in in one moment right so you know the editing and the pacing and all that stuff has to there's certain you know there's certain ways to do that to keep people engaged it's not really conducive to a one-to-one adaptation from the book you know if that makes sense you guys agree
1: Mm -hmm. i do
0: Chelsea's thinking. Yeah, Chelsea's still thinking. <laughs> no. <She> <laughs> so like, lot. yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs>
0: Chelsea, do you have an example of a uh, of a of an adaptation that um, took some creative liberties, but also still ended up being like good, like a good movie, even if it was like a bad adaptation?
2: Like yeah, some that didn't. I have bother a couple you? of those. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and interesting enough, I think kind of related to that, is that there have definitely been a lot of adaptations where I've watched the movie first and then been interested enough to read the book. Yeah. And so one of those in particular that fits that criteria is actually Howl's Moving Castle. And so that book is very different from the film. I really like the book. I read that afterwards. But, I mean, that movie, it makes it its own very enjoyable very memorable characters and I enjoy what they do with the story and I think it fits really well with adding without adding a lot of the extra details and changes from the books
0: yeah I didn't know that was a book so see there you go just like I talked to the top of the episode <laughs> like there's this there's some stuff out there that you don't even know you know I had no yeah. idea that that was a uh, a book I still haven't seen the film it's actually, so
2: yeah Well, definitely check it out. And it's actually kind of part of a series. Some of the characters are in, like, multiple books. But that's, like, the main one where a lot of them are in. And then another book. The movie is not necessarily, like, really good. But I enjoyed it when I was younger when it came out. (laughs) Ella Enchanted. (laughs) Okay. I mean, Anne Hathaway made that film. Like, that's one of those things where, like, you have really good people in the film that are acting in it and just make their character their own and you know you get her singing just her she's just i think i always like her like in any movie she's on so it worked even though i was like oh this this is very different from the book in certain parts i'm like oh (laughs) boy but (laughs) you
0: know yeah i haven't seen that either so (laughs) i keep thinking what's the one with amy adams I get those two confused. That's enchan- uh, oh, uh, enchanted, enchanted, enchanted. Yeah. Okay, because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they're making. Aren't they doing a sequel to that? This is yes. like disenchanted or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, feel
1: like,
0: I feel like Disney yeah. Plus is literally just <laughs> making a sequel to anything that they had on TV at one point. <laughs> so, uh, um, have you guys ever come across a? Film that was like where the film was better than the book.
1: Ooh. Um. Okay. So sort of, kind of. Um. If if you ever seen the Perks of Being a Wallflower.
0: I've seen the movie, mm-hmm. but I haven't read the book.
1: Um. So I I watched the movie and then and and I got interested and I read the book. Um. And while really the movie is very very similar, like yeah really it's pretty pretty damn close um, but you don't get to be inside the main character's head in the movie um, and really like the movie is a lot about or the the whole series the whole thing is about like mental illness to a degree yeah. and in the movie you don't mm-hmm. really you don't get what's happening in his head through a lot of it like the struggles and the pain that he's going through as he's moving through his like freshman year of high school or whatever it is um so reading the book it almost feels like a completely different thing even though like the story elements are pretty much the same thing right but i still it i still think the movie is more enjoyable because the book is very like it's like you watch the movie but you have this huge layer of like awfulness on top of it (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's just like it's it's good. It's a it's it's healthy. It's a it's a healthy book to like for people to read, right? Um, but it is very very deep and like wow, yeah. To read to read the book, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that.
0: Chelsea, what about you?
2: Oh gosh, this is hard for me to think about because I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. Not that that not not that it's hard because all adaptations are terrible or something. It's just like right, oh, right, right, right. There's there's so many out there too, and I'm like trying to remember like did I actually read that book before yeah. I saw the movie or vice versa? So
1: how about James and I, the giant peach?
2: Oh, Once man, again, I've seen the movie, a but I haven't read the <laughs> I
1: haven't read the uh, book. You dodged a yeah. you dodged a bullet.
0: <laughs> Isn't it that's a Roe Dahl, isn't it? Is that his name?
1: Yes, question mark? I think, I think so, yes. so.
0: I'm pretty sure yes, Netflix just, so. like, bought the rights to his entire, like, catalog. Oh, interesting. Like, I'm pretty sure they, like, own his estate or whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's something about that. I remember reading about that. I don't
0: so know. I'm sure we'll get some live-action nonsense from Netflix for that, for that particular series down the road. <laughs> um... Yeah, I have one that's a it's a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think that i I read the graphic novel first and then watched the film, and I'm sure that this is like sort of a uh, controversial or take or a hot take. But I think the film's better, um, and that's Watchmen.
2: I was wondering. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, most
0: mostly because I think the ending in the film makes more sense to the world that, that, that's constructed more than the ending in the graphic novel <laughs> the ending in the graphic novel is essentially uh, you know these they basically spawn in these aliens all over the world that destroy major cities and then the world has to band together because they think that these aliens are going to destroy the world so it creates like this global unifying peace right in the film mm-hmm it is it's a hoax from ozymandias that makes it look like dr manhattan has went crazy with his god powers and started just wiping out major cities which in turn led to his exile right that's why he left earth and then the Mm -hmm. all the major you know nations or whatever banded together in defense in case dr manhattan ever comes back To me, that makes more sense because it explains why Doctor Manhattan leaves. Where in the book, he just leaves because he's just like, yeah, humans are shit, and I don't really understand. I'm I'm bigger than you, and I don't understand you anymore. You're like ants to me, so I'm just gonna go float through the cosmos, (laughs) and and then he's like, when maybe I'll create my own life, which is like when you just said life is shit. So I don't know why you're creating more, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Where in you know the film, it's like, oh, the entire like world now thinks i'm a villain so i should probably get the fuck out of here <laughs> so even though you're not really a threat to me but now i'm like the most i'm literally enemy number one so i'm just gonna leave to me that makes like that's kind of like is a, is a kind of like ties a bow over the whole like all the characters and where they are hmm. um and like the epilogue it makes more sense to me over the the random like alien invasion subplot thing um even though i i thoroughly enjoy the Watchmen graphic novel i've read it several times i think it's one of my favorite graphic novels and i actually really like the film it's um it's obviously not a one-to-one adaptation because the whole ending's different but uh (laughs) they literally probably just took the the pains from that series and just made scenes because Mm -hmm. you can like follow along in the book (laughs) and the same shit's happening on screen it's pretty incredible um so it's also it's one of my favorite adaptations but it's also one of my favorite um like alterations i guess uh, mm-hmm. where i where i think the film is actually more successful especially if you watch the like super duper director extended you know like four hour cut or whatever <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like, every oh, yeah. <laughs> fi- it's like every snyder film has like he's like oh here's my uh director's cut where we just didn't do any editing at all and all the film's in it <laughs> it's five hours long um I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff I love it especially when it's well done and a lot of his director's cuts are usually really well done so um but yeah Chelsea do you have a you have an example of the of a film that's better than sorry no
2: no for some reason I can't think of any but no I, I I did like the Watchmen film I do agree that it's really good I just didn't immediately come to mind to think about I'm like I just always saw it as like oh the graphic novel is you know it is like it's well done and then i'm like oh the movie's well done even though they're different i just yeah and they're that. different
0: for like it's like the last 10 minutes is different otherwise yeah. it's literally like <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, it's literally like but it flows
2: really shot. well i definitely agree with that yeah like it works really well in the film
1: yeah yeah i, sure. I have one um a, a movie that i'd rather just watch than read um the hunger games movies
0: uh, I'm, well, I guess I can't say I'm a hundred percent with you because not only have I not finished that book series, but I haven't finished that film series. Oh and God I me. stopped basically at the exact same point. <laughs> um,
2: the first film's good. I do like yeah. the first film. Yeah, well, like I, with I with all
1: nice of thing. the films versus all of the books. Um, like I love the books and I like the movies a lot. Like they did, like they followed everything pretty pretty routinely as far as like the plot goes yeah. um but i think one of the strengths that the movies have two two things that the movies have that the book doesn't one that in the movies you are not in katniss's head the whole time <laughs> which is fine because she's yeah, that's not much the, she's not much that, of a thinker she's that's a doer. literally
0: the worst part about the books as you are in her head
1: yeah <laughs> and it's like and she just like everything she thinks she just does like because that's just the person she is Yeah. um so you're not really missing out anything but also the movies do not just follow katniss around you get to see what's mm-hmm. happening out in the world around the capital with the other characters at the same time as katniss which yep. i love because they, they actually brought the they brought the author of the book in to help flesh out all of these extra places and people and stuff um yeah. which when you're when you're reading versus watching this series that goes a really long way oh for sure because like outside of the hunger games it's like politics and relationships and in the books like all those things are affecting her within the game but you don't know why you're just like oh yeah they made that happen that's book, cool it's...
0: In the book, it's a lot of characters in her inner circle, like speculating why things are happening, uh-huh. or it's yeah. like alluded to because no one really knows. And in the films, it's like, well, let's kind of we have to show the other side, otherwise it's just like this weird shadowy entity that the, the audience has no idea like who they are, what they're doing. Right? They're
1: like throwing <laughs> out names, and you're like, I already forgot who that person was. Can you at yeah, least show exactly. me? Oh, you did. So you got, oh, I got to watch them do the thing. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. They actually like doing that in the film, actually establishing the villains is Mm. you know Mm -hmm. is kind of important
1: for a film (laughs) so one day i hope that they make a movie of the uh the prequel book that she released one day it doesn't have to be any time yet to read that oh it's it's actually really really good (laughs) i I picked it up just as on a whim because i have the other ones um but i finished it in like two days and it's 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 bigger than the other books um But I was Uh like, oh, damn, okay. Like, it explains so much of, like, why the president is the way he is and, like, why he does things in such a way. Um, And, like, it's not a happy ending kind of book either, which (laughs) is fine because the main series is also not a happy ending book. So,
0: (laughs) I think part of the reason why I also enjoyed the films is just because I think they really uh, nailed the uh, casting for especially a lot of the, like, adult mm-hmm. characters. Like, it's someone, like, you know, I really like Woody Harrelson. I really like Philip Seymour Hoffman. I really like Donald Sutherland. Like, Stanley Tucci did a really good job as, like, the weird, over-the-top... Uh, Stanley you know. Tucci! <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the casting kind of, like, carried me through because I stopped reading the series about halfway through... um What's the third book called? Mockingjay. Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah. Okay, so
0: yeah, I stopped, I got like halfway through that book and I just, I kind of just gave up. And I, same with the films, I got halfway through Mockingjay Part 1 and I was just like, I don't don't, don't care anymore. (laughs) Well, like, (laughs) that's that's a, that's another (laughs) reason, like, good,
1: good reason why they, they casted so well outside of Katniss. Because, like, again, they have so much personality because Katniss doesn't have any. Yeah. Yeah, like for sure. she's not she's just not that person that's just not who she yeah. is she's not she's not the hero character you know she's like i just want to live my life and away from everybody else and everything her character and everybody else
0: is like to me as uh bella was and and like all the twilight shit i'm just it's like the same
1: kind of person
2: oh don't compare those two well katniss <laughs> is still a good
1: character though <laughs> just but bella is like they're both what just character?
0: No. they're both just so boring to me like and then like the, the forced like love triangle aspect of the whole series was also just like i didn't give a shit at all it just seems small you, potatoes you mean in,
1: in hunger games yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on both. Oh, well, that gets <laughs> well. Okay, that's fair. Um, the Hunger Games one gets taken care of awfully quickly, so
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> well,
1: yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah. I th- I thought that that love triangle is more compelling than the Twilight one. I mean, I mean and I still think like, so I say that, and there's still like an obvious choice, in like in like who Katniss. Mm-hmm should be with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's much better I think. I don't I don't know. A better it's is just, not the right word, but
0: stuff like that when there's just like so much like higher stakes. It's like if it's like if uh Frodo had like a love triangle while he's also trying to destroy the one ring. It's just like we don't need it. Can we just I mean he he kind of did though.
1: <laughs> no, he did no. I mean there was <laughs> Samwise in the ring, so. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying.
2: I did actually think of a film I liked better than the book. I did think of one.
1: Does it start with an
2: that... e? Th- I like the film better? Oh, you no, like the Aragon
0: film like... better
1: than the book?
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. This one, this is a classic book that. Yeah, it starts with. An I, I like the movie better. No, the Grapes of Wrath.
0: <laughs> oh okay.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen or
1: watched it. So there you go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that was one of the books I had to read in high school. And it was a struggle to get through. It just was not compelling to me. It just was so boring. I was glad when it was over. And then (laughs) a couple years ago, I watched the film. And I went into it thinking I was going to hate it because I did not like the book. I was very pleasantly surprised. Like, I think it was probably maybe just because I'm older since when I read the book and or something, but I just thought all the characters were way more compelling. It was a well done movie in general. Like it was good acting. And I was just like, I'm invested in these characters. I'm like, what did I miss out when I was reading the book? Apparently I just need to watch the movie.
0: <laughs> I think uh, film also has the, uh, the ability to do what the author won't and that's edit. it's like a lot of stuff in books kind of goes on especially a lot of uh classic read um where it's just like i feel like we i feel like we've been describing the same thing for about 30 pages and now i've kind of forgotten what the story was (laughs) yeah (laughs) Tolkien. where a where a film is like hey i'm just gonna have this shot of this thing and now you know what it is and we're gonna move on you know and, mm-hmm. and it it makes the experience more enjoyable because you just focus on that the plot you know point a to b b to, you know what I mean we're in a book you're just like i, I I'm bored now because I don't know what's going on, so I'll come back to this in like a month <laughs> so <laughs> um, and that's kind of like you know the a lot of the benefits with you know adapting these things into a a visual medium because authors will spend forever describing something that a director can show in a second you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that not sometimes sure. sometimes the director does a poor job <laughs> and it's just like oh this is this is not what i was <laughs> expecting <laughs> um do you guys have any examples of uh just like straight up bad adaptations you just think are just they have zero worth <laughs> they're just like a, a a fail
2: well i know we've already mentioned it in a previous episode <laughs> of our podcast we already Say went it. on a whole thing about aragon Say it. Yes. So. yeah
1: Aragon, <laughs> rip it to shreds
2: yeah no i i don't want to rip it anymore it's just it's done <laughs> i am tired of that i don't even want to talk rip about rip it. that it's, like, it's already so, dead yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i mean there is another one it's i wouldn't say it has absolutely zero worth but it was painful <laughs> to watch okay. and it came from such a well done very well like just well written creative work Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, that is... I would say it has no worth, because that's just a bad movie. Like, it's... Like, even if you don't even read the book, it's like, nah, this is just a bad film. (laughs) Like... There's... (laughs) It looks like shit, the acting is shit.
2: (laughs) I mean, it could almost be a good B-movie if you... Yeah. changed it was about like who it was about like if it wasn't abraham lincoln i could be like oh this was just like a insane movie this was just you know a wild that movie, ride
0: but that movie's like the kind of thing that they play on like sci-fi channel on like a saturday morning mm. like after like sharknado versus the volcano or whatever like it's like one of those like it has that kind of yeah. production quality
2: <laughs> but you know what's so sad about that film too is that the author of the book wrote the script
0: oh i know which is, and
1: <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: that's, it's almost it, like he changes. wanted,
0: it's like he wanted to like sabotage it. He's like, how dare you adapt my film? I'll write it and I'll make it so shitty. No one will ever adapt any of my stuff.
2: It was so sad reading his interviews when he's like, we're going to make it very, you know, dark, edgy. And I'm just like, is that what happened? Because yeah, the, that's not what I watched.
0: They tried to make it into like this like action movie. Which... And, like, the book is not that at all. <laughs> the no. Book is, the I... book is, like, a slow burn, like, history lesson slash, like,
2: Freaking amazing.
0: Horror, horror, like, noir. Like, the book's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Like, if no one has, if yes. you haven't read that book, I highly recommend go out and read it. It's very short, and it's very good. It, he, he does a really <laughs> good job taking, like, factual history and, uh, and twisting it but making it seem like it's still factual. Like, it's fucking brilliant. Yes, it's it's
2: amazing, because you'll even look up yeah stuff about Lincoln, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, that actually happened, just yeah. obviously not the vampire portion of it. Yeah,
0: it's really good. It's really well
2: done. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I guess the movie isn't without its charm, but uh, I think the adaptation of Ready Player One this Spielberg film was not at all good
2: (laughs) (laughs) to the book i blocked that out
0: (laughs) um and i i get why some of the decisions were made because the book is a lot of nostalgia for like 80s and they made the film more like present for like what people like now which I get for mm-hmm. for market share and trying to get as many eyes on it as possible. That that all makes sense to me. Um, but one of the main reasons why I liked Ready Player One was because of that kind of like old um, mm. 80s nostalgia. And then when I watch the movie and I see just like, you know, Overwatch characters out there, I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> like, am I watching a trailer for Fortnite? Like, what is this? Um, so and they like completely changed like how characters meet and interact, um, like the whole love interest in the story, like all of that's completely changed on how all that like mm. so much of it was just like some of the reasons why I really like the book. They completely omitted or changed in like the worst way possible for the film, and just tried to make like this really zany, over the top, uh, metaverse IP yeah. visual vomit of a film. Yeah. and that's what you got. And mm-hmm. it has that's like some you got that... that racing scene. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's definitely got like some Spielberg charm in there with like the action piece, the set pieces cuz they they do flow very well. It's just, it's just everything else is just like Ugh, this is not Mm-mm.
1: great.
0: <laughs> and it's not like the book is like some fucking masterpiece cuz it's not. It's just you know. It's a, it's a just... good read. It's a good fun read, but the film is not a good fun watch,
2: I guess. <laughs> No, so, it's a train wreck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, before we uh, before we get out of here, do you guys have any like personal favorites? Whoever wants to go first. I mean, I'm
1: trying to think of something that we haven't <laughs> talked about already.
2: I'll go for it. I'll say one. It's not. You know, it's just it's a joy to watch, you know. We already talked about how Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was bad, but you know, he also wrote another book and that movie was just a blast because it didn't take itself too seriously and it knew what it was doing, and that was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's yep. just it's it's a fun time. And, I mean you have Lily James in there, just like so many other famous people in that movie, and they're just having a fun time enjoying <laughs> themselves in that you know, Jane Austen era style, but also kicking butt, <laughs> killing zombies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I still haven't, I still haven't seen it or read the book. I, I always wanted to um, read the novel first and it's never really got around to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely worth it. But everybody should definitely read the yeah. Abraham Lincoln
1: first. Yeah, for sure. Wade, you have any, uh, any others? Um, Does the Princess Bride count? I, I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'll go, I'll go there. I'll say that <laughs> on, on closing, I'll say that. Yeah, that's a. I've never read the book, but it's a good film. <laughs> hmm.
2: Um. That's a fun
0: one. I have one that's kind of a cheat because it's only it's it's only half of a book
2: so far. But, oh
0: uh, uh, oh yeah,
2: so we know what this is. <laughs> yeah, but but so
0: far, uh, so good. They've done a really a really admirable job with, uh, Dune, the, the new, the new one, not the, uh, not the David Lynch one or whatever, um, which that one has its charms as well, but the new one is, um, is very well done, if you, if you like that book series, and I'm very excited to see them continue on with that, uh, uh, with that world and that universe, because, yeah, it's just... It's a pretty fucking good one-to-one so far. <laughs> now, granted, they, they only had to do, uh, you know, half of the first book. And they're not doing the entire series. Um, for reasons I won't spoil. It doesn't really make sense to do the whole series. <laughs> they're only going to do the first two books. Um, that's kind of really all you need to do. But but yeah, um, haven't read the book twice now. Um, yeah, it was... It was kind of everything i wanted it to be and kind of hoped for um mm. and, I, and probably then some i i yeah I, I truly enjoyed it so keep keep doing a good job there uh denny because you're <laughs> fucking killing it <laughs> and hopefully you get your oscar next time um so anything else you guys have any others you want to throw out there nope Think so All right, there's you. definitely, you know. Oh, oh yeah. there's 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 hundreds. There's so many. There's yeah, yeah. there's literal And I'm hundreds.
2: sure we missed some, but listeners, you can let us know which ones we missed and which ones are your favorites. So, I think that'll do it for this week's episode of our podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and share it with a friend. That'd be cool too. Also, you can leave us a review. Hopefully, you'd give us 5 stars or an, just let us know what you want to see us do next on the podcast you can also follow us on our social media at facebook twitter and instagram at pod demastered you can also feel free to send us an email at demasteredpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com we also have a discord you can check that out as well we have a link to our discord um, on our episode in our episode show notes and you can also find those links on our social media as well and again thanks you guys for listening and we hope you tune in next week See ya.
1: See ya.